Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up, everyone? You're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. FA Cup semi-finalists, a fantastic 2-0 result at Middlesbrough. And there's also some takeover latest and apparently a broken email address. We're going to break it down all for you. Now, here are your hosts all the way from the UK, Mikey Berth and Chris. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. What a refreshing weekend. We had the sun, we had a bit of springtime weather and a Chelsea victory. And not only that, we are now on an international break. So, woo, you know, get them vibes going. That means a topic. We have to be positive somehow because looking at the live games that can be on the relative channels, there's not much to pick from. It, it's not great. But it's time to to check in with my co-host, Berth. He, he's currently eating a KFC. We know that because uh, before the show kicked off. And a man that some say is as negative as a prime Jose Mourinho first 11 in Chris. Um <laughs> How were your weekends? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. It's a shame I missed the uh, podcast on Friday, but you two smashed it as always. It's good to be back on the weekend. You were missed. You were missed. Well, you know, I'm I'm always missed. But, you know, clearly you've made a good impression with the fans. Chris, (laughs) you always are positive, I think, so don't listen to them. Um, How are you doing, my friend? I'm super positive, that's what I am. I'm going to say nothing negative the whole show. The tone of that voice sounded <laughs> the enthusiasm. Super positive. Um, to be fair, when it landed in the uh, the inbox tray, I did think now one guy's negative, terrible. It's like, a bit harsh. I mean, realistic. He's not. I have to defend the hosts here. I really do. Me, I'm I'm an idiot. That's fine if you're on about me, but you weren't. But that's not the point. Uh, yeah, no, realistic. You can't be. You know. We can't keep saying everything's perfect and great and rosy if it, it's complete and utter shit. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to say it's shit. Uh, we, we have a review. We do. We But we left you on Friday as the deadline for the submission of transfer bids loomed. Well, since then, it does, does seem like there were some genuine bids and some not so genuine. Smoke and mirror bids. Personally, my favourite has to be the news that the Turkish billionaire Muslim Bayrak, having initially announced he'd be flying that Turkish flag in London soon, said he had the wrong email address and sadly missed the deadline to bid for Chelsea. Now, which is worse, guys, having the wrong email address or using that dodgy fax machine to complete a multi-million pound deal for De Gea? Um... I mean, I found it quite funny that the Hayes situation, but I think having the wrong email address in 2022 was something so big um, is quite embarrassing, if I'm being brutally uh, honest. I mean, if you can't sort the email address out, you sh- should you be running a club? Yeah, no, yeah I mean, I mean, an email address is, I can make one of them when I'm, I was like 11. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those know. things that when you say about dodgy facts let's just change it to dodgy tax and you go oh I didn't submit my tax returns this week because ah oh, emails you know that's the classic that some people play over in the UK when they're self-employed like oh oops missed the deadline oh. uh, I just don't think it was a serious bid I don't think there was any seriousness behind that that, that deal in, well, no you're, you're probably right you know there's going to be people trying to get their names in the the, the headlines and 
you know, drum up their own interests in their own businesses, perhaps. I don't know. Well, what do you think on it, uh, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that sounds to me like someone who maybe looked at the deal, realised they actually couldn't afford it, but didn't want to say that publicly. Mm. So they've saved face by saying, oh, someone made an admin ever somewhere. Saved face? looks so bad, though, if it's true. Oh, yeah, but (laughs) I mean, let's face it. They'll uh, they'll get a full guy, won't they? Eventually, who it was all yeah. their fault. And, yeah, but you can't you can't have the wrong email address for. I don't buy that at all. No, I think it'd two, be interesting to look back. Business on, deal. You don't have two, two billion pound business deal. Do you have the wrong email address? I mean, are you even doing that by email? It's a very good point, but I, I think looking back, like. It'll be interesting to see the best excuses made by um, <laughs> like footballers and, and like people trying like chairmen. So like you, you look at like Victor and Eichby and like the Jody and Lescott situations and stuff like that, and it's like and and the facts do of De Gea. The, the the list would be so funny to look back on. Like oh yeah, yeah I mean it just funny. reminds me of the Ander Herrera agents where some people turned up to pay his release clause, but no one knew who they were. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was great. It's great yeah. stuff. Um, there was a story I will address this about Roman Abramovich potentially choosing our new owners and causing issues if he said nope to certain parties. Um, it it looks like a non-story, especially after multiple sources state he has zero sway or say in who the new owner would be or could be. So let's we're not going to go into administration, hopefully. Um, and it's going to be, I think, cut down to two to three candidates possibly today because. America are in slightly different time zone, obviously, to ourselves. So, yeah, we'll probably be waking up in the UK to finding out about that. Uh, are we, how are we feeling about the JT ownership news, though? No NFTs, we're now told, will be involved. <laughs> no, it's, it's brilliant. You just, I think we all just want stability, don't we? And I think that will come will only be good news for Chelsea. Um, obviously, a massive, massive person for the club. Um, and going forward... Uh, after all the uncertainty that there's been in the past couple of months or so, it would just be nice to have mm. sort of that to look on and to fall back on um, as a Chelsea fan to have that trust in the club again. Yeah, uh, the voice on the board is crucial. I, I'll put this forward, Chris. Um, do you think it's a bit odd that they've played their hands to because bo- they're not going to buy the club, they're going to get 10%. They've got to put that forth to the new owner. Do you think they've played their hand too early or do you think they were kind of forced into it when it sort of got leaked into the media? Um, I mean, it being leaked probably didn't help. Um, I, I can't imagine that they would have leaked that on purpose because it, they have took a bit of a risk mm. in that. Because, I mean, the, the new owner might turn around and say, no, not interested. Um mm. I mean, to to give up just ten percent. I mean, it's not really a big deal. And to someone like John Terry as well. It, again, it's it's going to be another good PR for whoever the new owner is to see that they're getting someone like John Terry on board. So, oh yeah, you know, I think that that will help them out in the long term if if they they was to go for it. Yeah, I know people keep going on about the 50 plus one rule in Germany and it, it's it's solid. It's under, I understand it, but that, that ship has sailed long, long ago for, for any EFL or Premier League team. It's just it just has. There is no way in there's just in a month of Sundays that's ever gonna be implemented over here. 
because it needs to be done about 20 odd years ago or maybe before the Premier League even was founded. That's that's the problem, really. But yeah, it's going to be an it's going to be a consistent, situ- ongoing situation. I'm I'm curious to see who the candidates will be. It'll be very much uh, apprentice style like interviews, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. that'd be it'd be interesting. It will be. Um, kicking off this review though with five things we learned. Well, we learnt Chelsea could wreck Steve Gibson and Chris Wilder's weekend, or in a lovely single ninety minutes. Lovely stuff there. I must admit. Oh. It's nice to be a bit smug there, I must admit. Um, Guy Mowbray, though, he summed it up lovely at the end. He said, it's a surefire way to tell that spring is approaching in this country. The days get longer, the clocks are set to forward, and Chelsea are into the FA Cup semi-final. Did the fact that we had the entire country against us make this victory even sweeter, guys? Um, Name a time when this whole country <laughs> hasn't been <laughs> against yeah. us so it's so it's it's always it always seems to be Chelsea versus the world and I think that's when we're at our best when everyone hates us because let's be honest unless you're a Chelsea fan you just don't like us do you really um obviously we seem to be scrutinized a lot recently for something to be honest that's not our fault. It's it's not the fans' fault. It's not the players' fault. As fans so, agreed, as fans, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not obviously, what's going on with Ramovich, you, you know, let's stay out of that. But uh, fans, the players, the managers, have done nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. And <clears throat> the fact that we won um, against a tough Middlesbrough side, we were doing well in the Championship. You know, it, it was sweet. It's good to get back to Wembley. We've had a decent draw as well in the semi-final. So, mm. yeah, look, it, it was sweet, but at the end of the day, everyone's always against Chelsea. So, whenever we win, it's always sweet. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll pull bits from the game. Chris, was was it sweet? Was it a sweet victory? It was sweet just to beat Middlesbrough after the way they acted, to be honest. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why teams do that because that must give us extra motivation. And we know with this group of players, sometimes they can be under-motivated. But then mm. you're reading the comments from Chris Wilder and Steve Gibson before the game, and you're thinking, mm. is that a good idea to sort of anger a team that's already better than you? I, I, I don't think it was a smart move on their part. And, you know, let's, we, we put them to the sword with relative ease. So, Yeah, I mean, I know we've said it countless times, but Thiago Silva was just unreal again. I mean, the the level that he plays at, at 37, you know, it's it's staggering. I mean, we've had a different player of the season so far nearly every month, but I think it's time to call time at the bar now because the votes are in, and I think Thiago Silva has more votes than Arsenal have a fourth-place trophy. I, I don't know what you think. No, I um I agree with that, and I, I've said it. I think the past couple of times he brought up Player of the Year, I think I've said Thiago Silva. Um, he's thirty-seven, and it's ridiculous because he just seems to keep getting better and better. Um, look, at the end of the day, Middlesbrough are obviously in the league below, so mm. different. You know, we should be keeping clean sheets against Middlesbrough. No disrespect to them, but we should be. But the way he defends, he makes it look so so easy. He never looks like he's out of third gear. Um. He never, considering his age, he doesn't really ever get out of pace. He's in the right place at the right time. Um, I think when he plays at the back as well, we move the ball a lot quicker um, for the most part. Um, and he's just he's just quality. I said it before and I'll say it again. I think he's one of my favourite um, favourite Bramovich signings, to be honest. And the fact that we're going for free is just, it's just incredible. It really, really is just incredible. 
Oh, 100%. It's, I wish we'd have got him when he was leaving Milan. But hey, so be it. What, how impressed were you yet again, do you feel, against Borough, Chris, with uh, Thiago Silva? Unbelievable. I mean, I think every game is he, just flawless. He's just, you watch him play, he doesn't make any mistakes. He's solid on the ball, never looks in danger. He doesn't look like he's breaking a sweat. He looks like a 21-year-old playing with an under-15 team. It's... Mm. Mm. He looks like, I mean, his mind is so much quicker than anyone else's on the pitch that it's so rare that you see an attacker catch him out. And to be playing at the level he is now at 37, and crucially, I think he's been as good this year when we've played a back four as in a back three, because that was the sort of thing that was being thrown at him by rival fans before, that where you play a back three, so it's easier for him, but He's been classed every time we've played a back four. He has just cemented his place as one of the best defenders of his generation, I think. Mm. Oh, 100%. Um, I, I, you know, I'd be I'll be gutted when he does leave, be it the end of next season, probably next season, if we're honest. But it, he's been he's he's come in and he's become a cult hero almost instantly. It's it's kind of one of those players who, you know, you think you might get one season, two seasons out of them. It's just been another level. Easily, probably our greatest older star signing, I'd say for sure. Um, but this team, I do, I just, I do love this team. I mean, this crisis made these players clearly fight hard for one another, and I just love to see that dressing room. That that's the dressing room I've always wanted for our football club. No one's against one another. They're all together. One goal, win, and twelve wins out of thirteen since the Brighton game. Says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a credit to Thomas Tuckle because I think if you look under Lampard when we wobbled with, with him in charge, um, we'd lose games left, right and centre. Um, but Tuckle, even when we've not been at our best, we've managed to get wins and we've these players are like sort of fine for each other. No one's down in tools. Um, and I think that all comes from the Champions League win. I, I think ever since then, it just seems like the group's got a lot closer together. Um, and even with the Lukaku situation, that could have threw, mm. threw a, a lot of the dressing room out. But, like you know, they've all sort of stuck by each other. Um, and even Lukaku looks like he, he, he is passionate about the team. He may sometimes not point the performance that you want him to, but even he looks like he wants the team to win at all costs. So... There is a great team spirit within within Chelsea. Um, and when you look at everything that's going on, it would have been... I wouldn't have been surprised if they had just capitulated, but they haven't. Uh, they've gone from strength to strength, and that's the credit to all of them, including the, the manager. Um, and it would be a shame if we don't win anything this season after what we've gone through, um, because we've deserved it, because we've, we've gone on such a run now and been lost three in the league. We only just lost in the Carabao Cup final, FA Cup semi-final, you know, we've got Real Madrid in the quarters now, so we have been, you know, this is a very good season we're having at the moment, we just need to finish it off with with a trophy, I think. Berth says there about finishing it off with a trophy, do you think we, we've got a stronger chance, Chris? I mean, we've got a good chance of winning both the FA Cup and the Champions League, to be fair. Um, the semi-final, 
I'm always overly cautious about celebrating too much when you draw the easier team. Because, mm. you know, I mean, that FA Cup semi-final is going to be Palace's biggest game of the last few years, probably since they got to the final that year. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's not going to be an easy walkover game. That isn't. Um, and Palace were a good side as well. Uh, yeah. Obviously, if you was going to pick a team, though, you would have picked Palace. So, I'll still I'll be disappointed if we don't make the final. Uh, I'd rather play Liverpool in the final, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, just because we do seem to be struggling lately against Man City, uh, uh, really since the Champions League final. Um, whereas Liverpool, I think you, if we replayed that. League Cup final, ten more times we win nine of them because the chances that we had and missed, you're not going to miss them over and over again. And I think we know how to get at Liverpool. Um, with a, I think Tuchel knows more how to expose their weaknesses than let's say uh, Champions League. The same. I mean, I watched Real Madrid against Barcelona, and my God, there was yeah, absolutely, they got battered. Yeah, weren't weren't a great showing, was it? No, I mean and. It wasn't a weakened team. It was their full-strength team without Karim Benzema. But he's your striker. He doesn't make it that bad at the back. So I'm not overly worried about Real Madrid. I mean, that could come back to bite me. And when we've lost like 3-0 on aggregate and everyone's like, oh, you said Real Madrid wasn't going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm not scared of Real Madrid. And once you get past the quarterfinals in the Champions League, anything can happen. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, Real Madrid are never going to be easy. And... You know, playing without a striker, well, we've done that for the last five years and we've been okay. <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest, since Costa went, it was like, oh, we've done all right. Uh, but look, we've we've given Silver credits. Mason Mount, another standout. Lively, created a lot going forward. He started to run him, get, get back into the form that we knew and loved from him, hasn't he? Yeah, I think Mount's season's actually gone quite under the radar. If you look at his stats, I mean, people over the past couple of seasons have been moaning that he hasn't been getting enough goals and has been getting enough assists. Um, his stats this season have been actually really, really good. Um, he's obviously such an influential player and I, I think when he does play for us, like we're a much better team um, because he gets in those pockets of space. He links up with Ziyech really well. He links up with Havertz really well. Um, and we just seem a lot more fluid uh, when he plays because he can drop deep, he can go on the wing. Um He's just a fantastic, intelligent player. Um, and it, it just baffles me that still, still Chelsea fans, which baffles me, um, don't rate him and want him to fail. I mean, I, I saw someone the other day saying, like, um, it, like is assists now too easy and, and stuff like this? And it's like, <laughs> it's like people are just trying to find things to not like about him. And actually, he's just an incredible player. He really is an incredible player. I must admit, though, I'm, I'm not a big fan of his hair. I, I wish he got a haircut because he looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. He looks a bit like Anne Robinson from The Weakest Link. <laughs> the minute. No, oh, I love Mason. Mount. I love Mason Mount. But come on, mate, go to the barbers, please, please. Has he impressed you, Chris, on on the football pitch? You know what? Mason Mount is responsible for my sort of light bulb moment after the weekend, um, where. I've realised that you cannot take what people say on Twitter seriously. No, come on, revelation. So so many people on there with just agendas and they make arguments that don't make any sense. I had that argument on Twitter with someone about Mason Mount's assist for Lukaku's goal when he said, 
we're calling six yard passes, world class assists now. If you think that pass to Lukaku is an easy pass, you've never played football competitively in your life. It's not an easy pass. He's got a very narrow window to put that in there and at pace with missing out the defender and the goalkeeper. It's not an easy pass. And I think the uh, problem has been he's been being played out of position. I think he's much better when he plays centrally. I, I prefer him so much more in that midfield area where he can go and pick up pocket spaces all over the pitch. He can get involved. I just think all his attributes are better suited to a more central position than a wide area. And, you know, people, I've I've always been against judging players solely on stats, but everyone else seems to be like, oh, if you don't get goals and assists, you're a bad player. Well, he's getting there and people are still calling him a bad player. So, like I said, make up your own mind on players. Don't listen to anyone on Twitter because there's no point because they're all morons. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, we should know that, of course, because we both follow you on Twitter. So. Hey. A hundred percent, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but Mount this season and twenty goals and assists. I, I don't know what more you want from a player, really. Well, he's our top goal scorer at the moment. Across, exactly. every, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but in, the goals Premier, in the Premier League, easy. obviously, his goals have been too easy. You know, they've been against Norwich. You know, he's, he doesn't turn up in big games. You know, I mean, this is all the things I see on Twitter, and it's just ridiculous. He's, he's uh, brilliant. Yeah, he he really he really is, and. One player who has been getting stick, and rightly so, but I've got to give him credit here, Lukaku. I thought his effort was great. You know, it's maybe he's still lacking a bit of chemistry up front, but there were some nice plays. And another one, actually, Harvey Vale, you know, surely he'd offer more than Timo at this point because he looked great in the minutes that he had. I I mean, like we said, I just think Werner um, isn't cut out for English football. Um, a lot, I like Werner. I've always been a fan of Werner, but yeah, I think you might be better. I think FA Cup games, especially, maybe just trying out Harvey Vale because um, he, he's looked very good since he, he's been sort of integrated in the team. Um, and just going to the Lukaku point, I think you know, I mean, every time he started the past four or five games, he's pretty much scored. So, I mean, yes, it's only against Middlesbrough, but he's always in the right place at the right time. He's still a good finisher. Um, I think the problem with Lukaku is when he plays is because he's he's not the smallest of guys. He, he looks quite immobile at times. Um, I think he does slow us down a lot. And I think he's sometimes hesitant to make the runs into the box because I think players like to pass it around who don't play to his strengths as much. And it's just, I think Lukaku sometimes when he, when he does play for us, is almost playing it within himself. Um and that's not necessarily his fault. It could be his players, could be the manager, but he still scores when he plays and he, he doesn't really, I don't think, let us down when he plays at the moment. So as long as he keeps doing that, um, I don't think you can really knock him. Chris? No, I agree. I, I think if, if Havertz played, if you take Lukaku out and you put Havertz in and he has exactly the same performance against Middlesbrough, I think people are I think that's the case. That, that's where we're at at the minute. Where I think it's the most I've seen our fan base turn on a player in a long time. Um, mm. Where I just think he's being really unfairly judged now, and people are already assuming, already assuming that he's going to play bad before he does, and then if he doesn't, they just say he did anyway, just for the sake of it. And I think his his hold up play was really good. 
you got a goal, you can call it a tap-in. But if I've got someone who can score 30 tap-ins in a season, I don't care. Because you mm. don't get any more points for a goal being good. You know what I mean? A goal's a goal. Whether you tap it in or bang it in from 30 yards, it makes no difference. And between now and the end of the season, he is going to be important to us because he's the only player in our team who has a natural goal-scoring instinct. Like Havertz has been in good goal-scoring form and playing really well, but I still don't think he's got that instinct of a striker. And that's really hard to get. Like I think Havertz could get that over the next three, four years because you only really get it through playing. Um, Lukaku's got it already, and I think that will be crucial. And I will back him to score some big goals between now and the end of the season. FA Cup semi-final, FA Cup final, Champions League games. Even if he's not starting, he will be crucial off the bench in games where we need a goal. And keeping him involved is going to be important. And I just hope that in some Premier League games going forward, he can get a few starts, maybe with Havertz, maybe when we're resting Havertz before Champions League games, or if he's coming off the bench for more than 10, 12 minutes, you know, a good 20, 25 minutes, just to keep him involved. Because I think the the only thing that probably showed up from the, the Middlesbrough game was when you're not playing, you don't have that natural sharpness. And I think that's the only thing that he's lacking now. I think his work rate's improved a lot. He's never going to be a massive presser of the ball, but his work rate has improved a lot. Um, but he's just lacking that little bit of sharpness that only comes through playing, which I think is going to be crucial to getting back into that before the end of the season. You, you say sharpness. There's a there's a Chelsea player, former Chelsea player, who's very sharp, I must admit. Um one who broke a, a long-held record that was held by Gabriel Batistuta. And that's most goals in a debut season for Roma. Tammy Abraham, he, he did, I think he's up to 21 now. Is it is it the Serie A like it was with Lukaku, where I'm sort of seeing a, a, a type of... Well, how do I put this? I'm seeing how he would play in the Serie A, which sounds stupid, but it wouldn't work the same in the Premier League. Or has Tammy improved that much? I, I think Tammy would, would score goals in the Premier League. I mean, he, he has. He's never really sort of let Chelsea down. I think <clears throat> the problem is he was never getting many starts under Tuchel. Um, again, I, I'm I, thinking, I don't know if I, he would come back even I, with the I, activate. I, I think he actually plays very similar to how Lukaku does. I think he's one of them that's just very much a, in the penalty box in around that area. He, he's just, that's his bread and butter. Um, and if you don't play to his strengths, he isn't going to get that amount of goals. And if you're going to play it slowly, you ain't going to get the goals out of him. Um, I, I think he was best under Lampard. Lampard tried to play the ball a bit quicker. Yeah, 15-34 uh, Premier League. Yeah, and, and they tried to sort of play it over the top too, and they tried to put the ball into the box a bit quicker to him. And I, I think him and Lukaku are actually very similar in that sense, because um, that's, that's what they want. Um, would Tammy score... 20 odd goals in this team, how we played at the minute. I don't think he would, but I think he would score 20 odd goals in the Premier League under a different style. Mm, that's actually a good point. Uh, Chris, am I seeing it through rose tinted specs or has he improved? No, Berth's absolutely spot on. And I'm glad you've brought this up because Tammy Abraham is living proof of what happens, the difference between a striker when he's having the team built around him and when he doesn't. Now, under Lampard, I thought he was obviously the focal point of the team. I, I think 
the tactic was getting him as involved as possible and give him the deliveries that he wants and he scored goals. And then the last probably six months under Lampard, we stopped doing that um, for whatever reason. I think maybe a loss of form and then we just was trying different things and then Tuckle obviously didn't want to do that with him. So you've seen his form dip and it's very similar to what's happened to Lukaku. If you don't build your team around your centre forward, you won't get the best out of them. I don't care who it is. Um, the way Tammy plays is very similar to Lukaku. He does like those early balls in behind and he does like early balls into the box. Both his goals yesterday against Lazio was tappings from early balls across the box. Now, that's what Lukaku thrives off and that's what we don't do enough of. And if you look at Tammy, I think earlier in the season, Roma went on a bit of a wobble and Tammy went six or seven games without a goal. And Mourinho was asked about whether he would look to drop in him. And he made abundantly clear, no, he's our main man. He will score goals for us. He's having a bad time, but we'll stand by him. And then he went on like an eight-game scoring streak. That's what strikers need. They need that from the manager to say, you're the top guy, the team deliver to you, and as long as you're putting it in the net, you're doing your job. And that's been my problem at Chelsea for years. We haven't done that since Diego Costa. Where yeah, that's a good point. We've made someone abundantly clear that you're our guy up front, and if you go a few games without a goal, it's not a problem. But everyone else will play to what you want, and as long as you keep scoring, we'll keep doing it. And yeah. I do think that is a mistake we consistently make with strikers. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we have that buyback in another season's time, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But he could easily be brought back in and we don't play to his strengths and whatever. We might, we, we'll probably have new owners by then. Could even have a new manager. You never know with our turbulent uh, history. But with that, we've come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram if you don't already follow us just by searching for at at the bridge pod. Um, we're going to be back for our weekly catch up with maybe some uh, takeover news. There surely should be by Friday evening. Uh, there will be a topic and it's inspired by Tiago Silva. We'll keep that under wraps though. Um, I'm sure some of you may have ideas, but um, yeah, we're going to be doing something in, inspired by the great Brazilian. So till then, that is us signing off. <laughs>